This is Twenties Inspired. I am on a mission to design my twenties around happiness and purpose through learnings from personal experiences, <laughs> books, podcasts, articles, and talks. I hope to inspire you to live a more happy and fulfilling life, according to you. Hello and welcome back to 20s Inspired. So glad you are back with us this morning. I have a bit of a story for this one because I actually thought I was doing a lot better at this topic until I went away on the weekend and I am a bit of a coffee snob, right? I like to say a considerate coffee snob, but I do care a lot about my coffee in the morning. It's like my prized possession, right? So I go searching for good cafes and I'm out with a friend and she knows how much I love it. And we go to this cafe and I get a ice long black with a dash of oat milk. Now, that may sound like a weird coffee order, but the oat milk actually makes such a huge difference. It's just that little bit of extra, you know? Anyway, so we get takeaway because we're going back to our place and my coffee comes with no oat milk in it. And I'm like, oh, that's so sad. Like, you know, that's my coffee ruined for the day. I mean, not ruined. That's so dramatic. It's still really good, but, you know, it could have been better. And then I'm like going on my way and she's like, no, no, no take it back and go and ask for oat milk. And I was like, no, I can't take it back. That's so embarrassing. And she was like, no, you're doing it. You have to learn how to ask for things. So that's how this topic came about because I realized I actually struggle so much if it was her coffee and I was doing it for her, being like, oh, my friend, you know, I would have found it a lot easier, but I didn't want to be the bad guy. And as well, because you had to line up to go back into the shop. So they would have seen me standing in the line with the coffee being like, oh dear, what's wrong? You know, I just didn't want to be an inconvenience. So I would have rather had a worse off coffee than what I actually paid for. So obviously this episode had to come about because we just can't live like that. (laughs) And I thought I was doing much better, but no, apparently not. So difficult conversations and asking for what you want. I struggle with this like you wouldn't believe if you haven't already guessed that from the start. Until I entered the corporate world and a serious relationship, I didn't actually realize how much I struggle with having difficult conversations, those really awkward ones, the really uncomfortable positions that you have to put yourself in to get what you want sometimes and where you have to put yourself first, those are the ones that I really struggle with. Being able to put yourself in uncomfortable positions and speak your truth is a skill and it's actually very necessary to get anywhere in life. I truly believe that we can't live a life that we love designed for us If we're not able to put ourselves in those really uncomfortable positions for our own benefit, not being able to have these conversations will keep you in places that aren't right for you, will keep you in places that you don't want to be in, hoping that the situation just naturally improves itself. 
I realize that I don't want to hope my life goes in the direction I want it to. I want to know that I am putting myself in positions to succeed. I want to be clear with myself and with others about where I want to go and where I see myself going. I don't want to float through life like a feather and just take things as they come. I want to create opportunities for myself and control my path to the best of my ability. And I want that for you too. And I truly believe that this comes with asking for things, with A, being able to be clear with yourself with what you want and with how you want to live and with what your dream life or goals look like. Having clarity yourself is so important because if you don't know yourself what you want, how are you going to go about those conversations or how are you going to be an advocate for yourself and actually sound like you know what you're doing, you know what you're talking about and B, you have to be clear with others about your goals and about your worth. So this can apply to any situation in life, whether that be in relationships, you know, making it clear what you're looking for. If you are going on dates and you know that you want to be in a long-term relationship, don't just settle for someone who is just, you know, sleeping around because you're afraid of having that conversation or you're afraid of being direct and coming across as needy. No, if you know what you want, go for what you want. This will make sure that you're not getting into a situationship for years. A situationship is where you're dating like you are official without that label. So the other person can still do whatever they want. And people stay in these hoping that things will change. No, no more hoping. (laughs) So it also applies in a career sense, being clear with your employers about your career goals and what you want from the company or the role. And I will get into that later in the episode. Timothy Ferris has a great saying that a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations he or she is willing to have. I absolutely love this quote and I am I'm realizing in my life that this is actually so true. This past year, I have realized that if we avoid putting ourselves in those uncomfortable and awkward positions, we never actually allow ourselves the opportunity of change or of growth in our existing lives. If you can't speak up, you will remain in relationships, in friendships, in career paths, living situations, you name it, that aren't right for you and that you don't want to be in but you're afraid of speaking up. It will limit your potential of living a happy and fulfilling life. And what a shame that would be. So we are getting deep here, but to be truly happy, I truly believe that you need to speak up and confront those things in life that are pulling you down, that aren't sparking joy. Thank you, Marie Kondo. (laughs) Otherwise, you will remain unhappy, hoping the situation naturally improves. And that's my belief. Take it as you will. So there is actually a term coined to compare people who are confident in asking for things versus people who overthink more. And it is really interesting. This is called the asker versus guesser concept. 
So the term divides people into either askers or guessers. And it is so interesting. This is a term coined by an article that Andrea Dondari wrote and it blew up on socials. And I actually discovered it on Life Uncut, the podcast. The girls, I absolutely love them. Highly recommend. To get into it, an asker is someone who will ask for things directly and outright without any fluff. A guesser, on the other hand, will put in a lot of fluff, almost dance around the question. Their guesses are afraid of offending anyone or coming across as direct and rude. So they tend to be more considerate of the person they're asking. So for example, the question could be, can I borrow $1,000? I will return this in a month. So an asker would simply ask the friend the question, can I borrow $1,000? Thinking nothing of it as the person can just say no. So they just thought, you know what, I might as well ask. The guesser, on the other hand, would find this question so direct and rude. So a guesser in the situation would dance around the question and say maybe, hey, I'm in a pickle, I need to gather $1,000 for something and I'm struggling. I don't know if anyone would be willing to help. Do you know anyone that could lend me $1,000? They would let the other person volunteer. So they don't actually want to ask the question, right? They don't want to put that person on the spot. So here's the interesting thing. If an asker was asked the question directly, they would feel comfortable saying no. And they wouldn't think the question was rude because they just said no and they go about their day. Whereas if a guesser was asked the question directly, they would feel so confronted because they struggle to say no. So they'd be like, oh my God, as if they just asked me outright and didn't insinuate at the question. So it's actually really interesting. I think it is a spectrum, of course. So some people may be great at asking for things in their career, but then when it comes to their friends, they don't want to be direct and rude. So it is a spectrum, but being too much of either one can cause difficulties. I unfortunately am a guesser in quite a few areas of my life. In some areas, I think I'm great at asking for things, but in others, I'm definitely not. I would feel way too awkward to ask that question, for example, outright. I would definitely add a lot of fluff. I also sometimes struggle to say no without fluff. So yeah, I'm a fluffer. (laughs) I think it comes down to caring a lot about the other person's opinion, caring about how they feel, a bit of an empath. And I think people like this struggle a bit more with having difficult conversations and asking for things when it's for their own benefit. I think the same also applies for confrontations. I absolutely hate them. I am a active avoidant. Now, it depends on the situation. In relationships, I find them a lot better. But with my friends, no, absolutely hate it. I, when I was living in Brisbane, I had a really shitty roommate experience And instead of confronting the issue and actually dealing with it, because this one I don't think you could deal with with it, I chose to practically live at my boyfriend at the time's house um, instead. So I'd pack a big bag and that would be me dealing with the situation, avoiding it. And then I learned the hard way that to get anywhere in life, you need to be able to have difficult confrontations not confrontations, conversations. 
Now, if you can relate to this and you struggle as well and you're in Australia, I actually think a lot of it comes down to our society. I think Australians are a lot more, they fluff a lot more than other cultures. At least in my experience, when I went to Germany, for example, I thought that they were very direct with their questions. They would just tell you what they wanted. And I was like, wow, they would actually get a lot further, a lot quicker in life just by saying it. We struggle so much in Australia to just say things, I think, sometimes. But yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts. If you are in Australia or a different country, let me know if this is something you can relate to or if your culture is completely different. I'm so interested in that. So we are going to dive into career paths and how asking for things can actually open you up to new opportunities. And then later in the episode, we're going to go into life changes and how difficult conversations are necessary and a stepping stone to change. And then we'll talk through strategies that have helped me in speaking up. So let's get into it. So I love the saying, if you don't ask, you don't get. Assuming that someone knows what you want and knows what your goals are is a very sumptuous and risky way to go about life. It may sound harsh, but this is something that I am learning. Not everyone knows how to help you or not everyone knows what you actually want. Not everyone even thinks about your life as much as we think sometimes. It's so easy to get into the mindset of they didn't do this for me or they put me in this position, but they know that that's not what I want. Assuming that others know what's going on in your mind because you may have hinted at it It's not a very good way to go about life, in my opinion, because people aren't reading into us as much as we think. They are busy with their own lives. So I personally realized that I have an issue with speaking up when I entered the corporate world. This job was a massive learning for me in so many different areas of my life, in especially speaking up and talking about where I see myself and where I want to go and what I want from the role in the company. Learning to be my own personal advocate was the best thing that I could have learned because once I started speaking up and I actually started talking about my goals and about what I wanted to do more of, doors started opening and I became aware of options that I didn't even know could be a possibility for me. So just sitting and being quiet about your goals and just expecting people to know what they are and expecting people to know what you enjoy is not a good way to go about it because they probably don't know. I actually got the job by really being persistent and kind of pushing my way into it a little bit. So it was an umbrella company and I was working for another branch of the company and at that spot at that place I made it very clear to all of my managers that I wanted to do an internship in this in a different area of the company and I knew that they weren't hiring I knew that they didn't need an intern but I wanted to be one and I was like you know what I'm just going to make this clear to everyone (laughs) I'm going to talk about it I'm going to be my own advocate I want to get into that office (laughs) pretty much And I emailed HR, I think it was four times. And yeah, I just really said like, you know, I really, really want this. And eventually they came back and were like, yeah, let's set you up for an interview. And I got my own 
desk and screen and everything and I had no experience I literally had no experience and yeah off I went and then from being an intern the way that I actually because the internship was going to go on for two months and that would be me done the way that I actually progressed was by asking for things I would see everyone going on site visits and talking clients through the venues and I was like you know what I want to do that. So I pretty much invited myself on all of their site visits. I was like, hey, can I join that? Hey, do you mind if I tag along? Um, And I was like, I just want to learn everything. And by the time the internship was over, I kind of knew what was going on. I kind of knew how to do the job. So then I just got put in the job. And yeah, it was because I asked for things. If I had sat there and just done what my normal internship would have been, and just stuck to what I was told to do, I don't think I would have had a job, in my opinion. I think it was because I was like, you know what, I've got one shot, I'm just going to ask to join everything. I'm going to ask to learn that difficult thing that's not in my <laughs> not in my to-do list for the day, but I want to learn it. So it was by being clear with where I saw myself and the comp- where I wanted to be in the company and I let them know I was like hey you know I'm interested in staying so I'm going to do everything I can to help you out that's how I really learned that if I didn't ask I would not have got and I think it can even apply in our everyday life not just in a career or relationship sense you know when the coffee story, for example, at the start of the episode where I couldn't go and ask them for an extra dash of oat milk. It's things like that that can just improve your life and make things a little bit easier if I had just gone in and done it, right? Now let's get into difficult conversations because they can be extremely difficult, but they are a stepping stone for life changes. So they are absolutely necessary. Now, I love change. I love it. I thrive off of it. But I hate, hate difficult conversations. Now, that's a strong word, but I think it exists for a reason. And this is why. So it's quite often that change involves at least one uncomfortable conversation or requires you to leave something. And that requires you to be in an uncomfortable position, right? Now, this can be really, really difficult, which causes people to delay having them. I am a culprit myself, so I put up a poll on my Instagram asking if you have ever delayed having an uncomfortable conversation, and I think it was 97% said yes, 97%. So there is an element of people don't want to do them. They don't want to have them. There's actually a lot of science to back up why we delay things that cause uncertainty, which is the challenge of difficult conversations, the uncertainty of how the person will react or respond, or whether the outcome will be positive or negative. We know through countless psychological studies that humans fear the unknown. It is in our nature to avoid uncertainty which can keep us from making necessary change. One article even went as far to claim that the fear associated with the unknown might just be one of our greatest fears as a species, which is kind of crazy. 
when I was living in Brisbane, I became really sick and I was not living according to what makes me happy. And it's how this whole podcast was born. I was not in an environment that was helping me thrive pretty much. I had lost my spark and I became really homesick and needed to move back to Sydney, my hometown. This meant a whole bunch of uncomfortable conversations needed to be had. I had a relationship, I had a job that I loved, I had roommates, I had friends, there was so much going on and I pretty much had to tell everyone the element of that made it even more uncomfortable was because it was due to my sickness and me not being happy and that's a really uncomfortable conversation to have to have with people about why I'm leaving you know um, but I just chose to be honest with them as <laughs> I feel like you should anyway There was a lot going on and I needed to face all of these difficult conversations and I was basically stepping into the unknown without any plan. I was moving home. I didn't know what job I would do. I didn't know what I I was going to even do. I just knew that I was really physically sick. I had IBS um, and it was the worst at that time because I wasn't necessarily in an environment that was making me thrive. And I now know that my IBS flare-ups happen when I'm stressed, when I overthink. Your gut is linked to your mind and I'm learning a lot about it. So I'll probably do an episode on IBS, to be honest. But let me tell you, the month that these conversations were, that I was leading into these conversations, my gut was the worst it had ever been. And it was because I was stressed about the conversations. I was really mulling them over. I was overthinking and making it so much bigger in my head. And my body was physically reacting, which is crazy. Like I never would have thought that it was due to that at the time because I was like, nah, this is a physical issue. It can't have an emotional reason, you know? But that's not the truth, apparently, which is wild. And I don't know if anyone else struggles with having these as much as I do or did. But I had three conversations all in the one week. And it was one after the other because I just got over my shit. And I just did it. And I felt an immediate release, like physically, lol, soz, mentally, And from then on, I made a promise to myself that I would put myself in these uncomfortable positions and talk about it a lot more before it becomes such a boil up, before it becomes such a big conversation to be had. I learned a lot about having these conversations in that one week or in that month. So I've made a little list to help you in case you are going through this or you have a friend that is going through this currently or just in case in the future you know you may need a little bit of advice so number one thing that helped me a lot is being clear with what you want so when I was mulling over all these decisions I wasn't clear enough to actually have the conversations I actually did go to my manager and just have like a little wishy-washy conversation about everything and it left us both very confused. (laughs) She was like, okay, like, are you leaving? Are you not? At this point, I was just saying, I'm so sick. I don't know what to do. And 
yes. So being clear with what you want before you go into the conversation is very, very important. And this can even just help in asking for things in life. Know what you are going for. Know what you want the outcome of the conversation to be before you go into it. Otherwise, you can be led here and there and all over the shop. And it makes you a lot more confused. So if you go into it knowing exactly what you want, why you want it, you need to think about it before you go in pretty much and just know what you're talking about. Number two, which kind of leads into this, is rehearsing the conversation beforehand and being clear with your intentions. So rehearsing is a weird word because that makes it sound like it's not natural, but it just makes you a little bit more confident, I think. I was in my car just, in a way, it was just reflecting, right? I was mulling over what I was going to say. I was mulling over what I wanted to say to make sure that I would get everything down. And so that when I left the conversation, there wasn't anything that I didn't say and go, oh, I wish I had said that, or I wish my tone sounded a bit different, you know? So being clear with your intention can really help with the tone of the conversation, you know? You don't want it to be a negative one. You want it to be productive so the tone that you go into is really really important because that will set the tone of the conversation and another one number three is addressing the worst case scenario because sometimes I think we build it up in our mind to be so much bigger than it is so if you think to yourself okay what is the worst case scenario out of this I lose a friendship will I be okay I learned this from James Smith in his book, Not a Life Coach, and it's actually really, really useful and a good tool in life to just address the worst case scenario and go, okay, will I be all right? Yes, I will. And the last one is to avoid people pleasing. Are you afraid to go into the conversation because you're going to hurt someone else's feelings? Sometimes you just need to put yourself first A lot of the time I think we can live for other people and put so much into other people that we forget to fill our own cups up first. So we've come to the end of the episode pretty much in a nutshell, having difficult conversations, being able to put yourself in uncomfortable positions and ask for things in life is so, so, so beneficial. So I encourage you to just practice to, even with the little things in life, like your coffee order, if something gets stuffed up, go and confront the situation nicely, but go and do it, like actually do it. Because it's those little things I truly believe that will build you up to be able to have more confidence in those bigger conversations and in those settings where you're asking for things for yourself. If you can't do it in the little things, I'm speaking to myself here, how are you going to do it in the big things? So yes, go out there and kill it. (laughs) That is the end of the episode. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode or even just enjoyed it, I would absolutely appreciate it if you could please follow or subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star rating, please. See you next week. Have a great day. Bye.